Welcome, 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 everybody, to an all-new episode of GVN Review. This week, me and Tia will be breaking down the all-new episode of The Mandalorian titled Jedi, or The Jedi. I'm sorry. Um, I usually, it seems like, I could be wrong on this, Tia, but I think when they put The in front of Jedi, it's usually supposed to uh, define female. Um because with males, they just say Jedi. It's never like, like the last Jedi is supposed to mean Rey. Um, so it was like, I think that's what it is, but I could be completely wrong. But anyway, welcoming in Tia. What's going on, Tia? Um, I'm excited to be talking about this very monumental episode in The Mandalorian. Um, I. We're going to get, like, right into it, obviously, but I have to tell you, Juwan, what was really cool um, in this episode is they wasted no time at all. They set, to me, I feel like Dave Filoni, who did a fantastic job on this episode, and all those behind The Mandalorian sat down and said, we know how much Ahsoka means to the fandom, we know how excited they were even for that, like what that voice in, um, in rise of Skywalker. Right. So they were like, we're not even going to waste time. Our first shot is going to be you being in- introduced to Ahsoka. Um, what I love most about it is the last time we saw her, if you don't count rebels purely because they finished clone wars this year, um, so the last time we saw Ahsoka in Clone Wars, she had on her, um, I call it tri- uh, tribal to her, but it's not really, but her cloth, um, you know, her hooded cloth. And the first time we see her in this, she has on her hooded cloth. So I was just like, some things like that just like really, really, really excites me that other people are like, oh, who cares? But to me, I'm like, that's beautifully shot. Um, because to me, the biggest thing with Ahsoka is always aesthetic. She is, they managed to make her go from a character that seemingly could be very annoying to one of the most pivotal characters in Star Wars history. Um, so Dave Filoni is just brilliant job. But as you said, Tia, we start off, um, with Ahsoka and her, uh, her lightsabers that we saw from Star Wars Rebels. Not to confuse anyone with the lightsaber you might have seen at the end of Clone Wars. Um, We're bringing in Dan here. Hold on. Let's see. Give him one second. What's going on, Dan? Oh, he's connecting his audio. Um, While he does that, I'm going to continue what I was saying, which is, uh, like you said, Tia, this episode started off quickly. Like, to me, what I love most about Dave Filoni starting this episode off as quickly as he did is he knew last week this is the episode we wanted. So he was like, okay, okay, all right, guys, all right, I made you wait long enough. Here's Ahsoka. Um, So he got right to it. This episode felt like if a Western and a samurai movie had a baby. Um, that's what this episode of The Mandalorian was. And we're welcoming in Dan. What's going on, Dan? Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. How are you, man? Doing very well. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So uh, Tia was breaking down how quickly uh, this latest episode of The Mandalorian started off. How pleased were you with seeing how well done they did Ahsoka and how quickly they got to it 
of giving us Ahsoka. Oh, I mean, uh, Rosario Dawson and the, the makeup team, they were spot on, man. I, I, I'm not, I'm more of an old school Star Wars fan, like the original trilogy and uh, even the prequels I, I'm more versed in. So I, I know she's from the, the cartoon series. Uh, so I'm not very familiar with her character, but I know what she looks like. And like, man, she looks, she looks phenomenal. Um, I think they did, that was a 10. Absolutely. And I'm glad you said that, Dan, because um, one thing I want everyone to understand is you do not, um, like, again, I always make this comparison. You guys always tell me how wrong I am. You do not need to have seen all the episodes of Star Wars, The Clone Wars, or Rebels to appreciate it because it's very aesthetic driven. Um, same way I tell you guys, if you go into an Avengers movie, just know that you want to understand why we're geeking out and crying, but the aesthetic of it, you'll enjoy because it's like, it looks great. So to me, I'm like, if you've never seen Ahsoka before, or if you've seen her like through pictures or, or here and there, um, you could still feel how great this felt. And it was just one of those things where it's like, that's why me and AJ have been saying this for like the longest now. It's important to always have Jedi. Why? Because no matter what, it sells. It just does. Like, think about how bad Batman Forever is. But people still talk about it today. Why? Only because it's Batman. So it's like when you show lightsabers, you show Jedi, you're going to attract people. Um, and this was the kind of episode that you could have known Ahsoka purely by a photo someone showed you. But what drew you to this episode was lightsabers are cool. <laughs> you know, like they're very cool. Um, and the way she was striking these guys down was just like, man, if only Anakin could have not turned to the dark side, he would have been so proud of his Padawan. Like, a, like when she cut the tree in half and then forced, like, pushed the, the, the tree stump to hit the guy and then the tree just perfectly landed back onto itself. Like, I don't know, small things for me, but like, Dan, like, how did you like the beginning fight scene with Ahsoka? Like, um, did that really grab you as, like, entertaining? Yeah, of course. Uh, anytime you get a Jedi fight scene, especially when they're just taking on no-name underlings, it's always fun. Uh, it had been a long time since I'd really seen any Jedi in action, and... I, I think the only issue I had with this episode was it's a dark episode, not dark tone, but lighting wise, it's super dark. And I understand because it's uh, like a very backwater type planet, it's a wooded area. Uh, it's tough to see. I don't know, maybe it was just my, my TV or if you guys had an issue seeing it clearly, but I couldn't really make out a whole lot of the action. But uh, at the same time, it really emphasized the lightsaber movement and the blaster, uh, the blaster shots. So that was definitely highlighted. And it was pretty cool because she, uh, she does a whole lot of Batman moves where she just shows up behind a guy and the lightsabers go off and it cuts away real quick. Uh, I thought that probably made up for the lighting factor. 
Yeah, well, the lighting thing, it I, I don't know this. This is only me speculating, so I don't want anyone listening to, to hold me to this. Dave Filoni is a huge cowboy fan. Um, so it felt like he was trying to make this as black and white as he possibly could, only because, like you just said, it brings out the aesthetic of the lightsabers so much better. Like, I know a lot of people are going to go, well, you could do color and it would look great. Yeah, of course. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, sure. But it's like I tell Tia all the time, um, BVS being that dark was purely to capture Batman. And could you have done that in color? A hundred percent. Did it need to be that dark? No. Well, you know, we'll always disagree with that because that was like very dark to the point where like I couldn't see that shit. No, <laughs> like, <and> I, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I said, did it need to be? Of course not. But when you think of Batman and you think of Batman in the comics, he's always at night. Like it's always at night. There's a street lamp that showcases Batman. So I kind of felt like Zach was trying to capture that. And did it again, did it need to be that dark? No. Did this episode need to be that dark? No, but it goes to the aesthetic. Like I said, aesthetic driven. Um, and like you even said, uh, Dan, like it showcased the lightsabers and the blasters really, really, really well. Um, so no, it was not just you at all. But to me, I just looked at it for an aesthetic factor. Um, so it didn't really bother me. But um, I, I could see how like someone's eyes are like, yo, I'm straining a lot in this darkness. <laughs> like someone put a lamp on somewhere. Um, but no, so we get right to it. And what I love most was Ahsoka was pretty clear. You got, you know, you got answers that I need. Give them to me. Um, and we saw the magistrate um, who is played by, I want to I want to look up who she's played by. But Tia, I want to go to you. Walk me through when Ahsoka made her threat um, before we get to the main title scene of, of the episode. I mean, it was a really interesting scene. It obviously set up what Ahsoka was doing on that planet, what her motives were. Now, I don't know if the Magistrate is a character from the anime show or anything. So I will say that in that case, I was a little bit lost but at the same time there's lots of characters that are new to the show who i don't know yada yada so i didn't mind it necessarily but you clearly could see th- it was it was kind of um funny it was one of those things where um like i was watching it with my boyfriend we kind of laughed at a second and it was like Ahsoka gave her 24 hours and it's always really funny in movies and TV shows when they give someone 24 hours because it's like the person's right there. They could technically strike them down at that moment if they wanted to, but it wouldn't be good, I guess, for cinematic purposes. Yeah, and she, uh, the actress that I was thinking of, her name is Diana Lee, um, who, um, who is actually the goddaughter of Bruce Lee. Um, which is really freaking cool, but I loved it. I loved it to where Ahsoka's kind of like, I'm not here to play games. Like, and, and that's why I said to you, and Dan, definitely you when you get a chance. I know me and you, Dan, have spoken about this. The reason why seeing Ahsoka now is so like rich for fans is if you remember her in that Star Wars, the Clone Wars movie when she was so young and it was just like she is super annoying 
But once you start watching the cartoon, you're like, I really love this character. To see her progression to now, um, to where it's like, I'm not really here to talk. Let's let's get right down to it. You got my answers. If I have to come back at sundown, I'm going to just have to kill everybody to get them. Like, just to see how far she's come to where she's at now is just, like, mind-blowing. Um, but, yeah, I loved it. And um, the thing I love most is we obviously get to our main titles uh, of The Mandalorian, and we see uh, Mando with Baby Yoda. Um, I will always say this. There's, and again, I'm reaching here. Uh, Dan, please confirm that I'm reaching here. Um, there is a reason why Baby Yoda is so enamored by that um, that little ball thing. And I honestly think it's because it looks like the Death Star. Um, I, I think I think there's something about that. But again, he's supposed to be like a, a kid. And it's like kids are enamored by shiny objects. Like, I- is it just that, Dan? Uh, yeah, you know, I think it's, I don't want to read too much into that. You know, I think it's just kind of one of those things where uh, the Mandalorian gave it to him when they first met as just something for him to hold on to. And that's kind of how he, uh, Mandalorian imprinted on Baby Yoda. And it's it's almost like a safe space or a safe object for him. It's something familiar with uh, Baby Yoda. So I think that's why they really stuck with that object. Yeah, I'm just, I, I don't know. I, I always like to look deep into things and sometimes I look too deep. But yeah, I, I'm with you. It's probably just as simple as that. But anyway... We see them land on the planet. Um, we see Mando uh, walking through to try to figure out um, where Ahsoka is. I love it when he's uh, when he's met <laughs> when he's met at the, uh, at the door by I believe his name was Lang, um, and he's asking him like, "Are you part of the guild?" And he's like, "I don't know." Last time I checked, and the reason why I laughed was literally, literally, sorry, the last time we knew him to be in the guild he was going against the guild. It was when the Mandalorians all came out and was helping him escape with baby Yoda. So I don't think they've ever revisited if Mando is still part of the guild. Um, So I love him just kind of going like, I don't know, last time I checked, like, I I think so. Um, But T, I want to go to you. Walk me through really quickly um, how crazy it looked inside the walls of that planet. Like how everyone looked to be slaves. It just looked really bad. Yeah, um, it's always like so interesting to me when, and, and this is what I thought about when I was looking at the aesthetic of this episode, and especially the kingdom that this uh, magistrate was ruling over. A lot of people um, really have a problem, say, with Disney, right? Saying it's not dark enough, it's not adult enough. And I think that they show that they can prove to be dark without excessive blood or cursing or anything like that. Because to me, I felt that this was a very dreary sort of town, that it was very much a repressed sort of place you had where everyone was even afraid to be seen talking to the Mandalorian. You had certain people who were up on these stilts pretty much being electrocuted to me that was dark that was really dark it got the point across and then you see it 
in comparison to where the magistrate is, where it's this nice garden, water around, it looks quite beautiful. And just the um, contrast of how well she seems to be living, as opposed to how everyone else in the place is living, just... Um, it was really, I, to me, it got its point across of how dark it was. I felt that. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to make that point because it was the thing that I was thinking about where it's always the insult, pretty much, that Disney is too kid-friendly. And not that you obviously couldn't have a kid watch this episode. It wasn't that bad. But I still think that they, when they do, they know how to toe the line. No, you're absolutely right. And the dopest thing about uh, when you got to see the prisoners get electrocuted, I know dopest thing about that it. That sounds so bad. <laughs> but the dopest thing about it is it was the way that they electrocuted them. Like it was, uh, it re reminded me of whenever you saw uh, Darth Sidious uh, use the force lightning and it would show like the skeleton of the person. Oh, yeah, yeah. I did notice that. That was pretty yeah. sick. Yeah, I was like, oh, I wonder like, what kind of electricity is that <laughs> looks like force lightning um but no i it, it was like you said it the mandalorian itself has shown that star wars could be a very adult world um without having to kind of kick out the kids but there's a lot of it that's kind of like oh wow that was that was pretty dark um but i love it i i completely love it it's what star wars should kind of lean more into um, to where you're dark, but you're not like I have to be rated R dark. You're just like darker than you know uh, you usually are. Um, and that's actually, see, that's the biggest reason why I've always suggested Clone Wars to you is because for a cartoon, like there are two cartoons in the past maybe decade that I thought were like really dark, but they're meant for kids, and it was Clone Wars and Young Justice. They're very adult driven. Um, and they're, they lean more towards darker essences of, of those worlds. Um, but Dan, I want to go to you. We see uh, Mando trying to talk to some of the villagers, uh, the one guy letting him know, hey, 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 dog, don't talk to me. Don't talk to my kids. Don't talk to me. They don't like that here. <laughs> and it was like, all right, man, damn, I was just trying to ask, <laughs> ask you a question. Um, but we see Mando get excited. Uh, I was going to say ex escorted, but he, uh, escorted, sorry, to the magistrate um, where she makes him an offer he cannot refuse. Walk me through seeing uh, Mando's interaction with the magistrate then. It was, in my opinion, it, it was a really dumb move on her. I mean, she didn't know, but it played right into Mando's hands where he was getting the location of the Jedi he wanted, and he was going to get his uh, Beskar uh, medal back at the end of it. So he's like, man, like, I, I did zero work here. This is great. So it, to me, it's one of those things. I don't know if they meant to do that or if it was just a stroke of luck for the Mandalorian there. But I thought it was an interesting proposal and I was very curious as to, like, I didn't know how strong Beskar armor is, mm -hmm. but it, apparently it's like, it's like Wolverine's adamantium. Like, nothing could break this stuff. Right. Um, it's, but it was interesting. I, 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 again, I don't know if they meant 
to do it that way, where he kind of just walks into the uh, into a pot of gold, so to say, or if it was um, if it was a total accident. Well, the only reason why she seemed as desperate as as she was was one, she knew there was really nothing she could do to stop Ahsoka. But the main reason why they meant to do it like that, Dan, was at, she even said it when she said, "Don't the Mandalorians hate the Jedi?" And it's like, yeah, you know, sorta. Um, yeah. But no, th- those I'm paraphrasing there. But you know, she said, you know, I understand the long-standing hatred between the Jedi and the Mandalorians. And she's right. The Mandalorians do not like the Jedi. They've definitely become a little bit more laps of it, as you see with Bo-Katan being really good friends with Ahsoka. Uh, But that's because Ahsoka earned her respect by trying to help uh, seize Mandalore back from Darth Maul. Um, So that friendship grew there. But she was trying to play off of the idea that Mandalorians hate Jedi, not knowing that he's only there to seek a Jedi. Um, so she didn't she didn't know that, but like you said, she played right into his hands. He was like, wait, I can get this dope-ass spear and find the Jedi that I'm looking for? This is a great day for me. Yeah, um, that's like, that, that never happens in any, any TV show ever where the, the hero gets exactly what he needs. <laughs> it, it was one of those things to where it was like um uh it was just the rarity of how serious everyone around the the galaxy knows uh how serious the great war between the mandalorians and the jedi were so it was one of those things to where she was just really hoping she got the right mandalorian to want to kill a jedi um and i'll say this then if she had made this offer to him season one episode three he he would have killed the jedi um he would have taken her up on that offer um but unfortunately she came across mando at a time where he kind of is like yeah i need to find this jedi so sure yeah okay um so that's kind of why it, it it worked out so perfectly but you're right that just never happens in like television like where a hero is just kind of like hey, I'm here for $8 million, plus I'm here for the really nice car. And it's like, wait, I landed with both. Like, no, it never really happens like that. But Mando kind of struck gold in this episode. Um, we welcome in again, Joel. What's going on, Joel? What's up, everybody? We are um, we are at the uh, part in the episode where um, oh, Mando cool. has just struck the, uh, the deal with the magistrate. Mm-hmm. Um, but before I, I go any further, I did want to get your thoughts, Joel, on yeah. how because uh, Tia started off by saying she loved that they got right into it with Ahsoka. They weren't going <laughs> to hold it off, save it. They just gave it right to us, mainly knowing that we wanted this last week. So it was like, don't play with us. But um, how was it for you seeing Ahsoka live action finally? Well, for me, it was... It's kind of surreal because like it just happened so quickly. I thought they'd lean us into it. No, it's like right in the beginning. <laughs> I was like, um, and they played around with it in the beginning, but it, it was still right. Like as soon as you start, you started with her, so uh, it was really cool. And uh, I was surprised that they they just they just went right into it. But it definitely had some like this like 
Ronin feel to it. I love, I love the way it was shot, like that whole episode. Uh, and of course, seeing her in live action, like I said just now, is like it's so surreal because like, so, like I, I love, and there's nothing more I love than than seeing characters uh, being brought to life. And like this is an animated character, but still it's the same thing. Like seeing them in cartoons and seeing them in live action, it's just there's something different about seeing your favorite characters come to life. And so, um. We've been with this character for years. I mean, since the Clone Wars, uh, and then the parts of Rebels, and um, we just literally ended like uh, her arc almost uh, recently because they did they just finished up Clone Wars. And to see her in live action only a couple months later, it's just so cool. <laughs> so I'm like, it was it was great. It was I, it was absolutely awesome the way they started the episode, and um, I just I just it just it was kind of it was almost emotional. I want to say it was too emotional, but it was it was really cool, you know. So I'll say that. It was just awesome. I was telling Clea, Joel, it struck me. The, the last time we saw Ahsoka in Clone Wars was her looking on um, to, like, all the fallen uh, troopers in her cloaked, hooded, um, you know, in her hooded cloak. And the first wow. time we see her in this is in her hooded cloak. I was just like, Dave Filoni, like, I see you, man. Like, that was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um but no, and I said this, I was saying this to Dan and Tia earlier, this episode was like if a Western in a, in a samurai movie had a baby. That's yeah. what it was. That's purely what this was. It was like, give me your best Clint Eastwood, give me your best samurai movie, and that's what this was. Um, but we know how big of a cowboy fan um, Dave Filoni is, so anytime he gets to play around in that world, um, we know he'll take it. And there's no uh, gunslinger outside of Cad Bane, which is like a Dave Filoni uh, <laughs> impersonation, but there's nobody that does Western better, it's seemingly, than Mando. Uh, that guy looks like he just lives what it means to be a Western. Um, but to get back into it, we, um, uh, T, I'm gonna head to you for this. Obviously, after Mando accepts the offer from the magistrate, uh, he goes to look for Ahsoka back in the wo- in the woods forest whatever you want to call it um he's looking for he's looking for her with with uh baby yoda and then boom we see him get attacked by ahsoka that's when we get to see how great his armor really is like we've seen his armor go up against some stuff uh see i mean you said we were shocked that the monster that spits acid did nothing to mando's armor like he was in it and all that acid did nothing. Um, we were amazed by that, but to see what it does against lightsabers, it was like, okay, all right, this armorer is like really good at her job. Um, so we see the battle ensue between Ahsoka and Mando that ends with Mando stating to Ahsoka why he is there. And Tia, you can kind of pick up from there of um Mando finally finding the Jedi he's been searching for since episode one. These are the Jedi you were looking for. Uh, Yeah, it is funny to see how, well, not funny, but awesome to see how strong um, the Beskar armor is. I wanted to say that during their fight together, which was really cool because it's like, you know, it's the Mandalorian, so you're rooting, obviously, for Mando, but then Ahsoka comes in, and you're like, oh, man, like, there's Ahsoka as well. This is just, like, it's kind of like um, in the first Avengers when Iron Man, Thor, and Cap were all fighting against each other, and you're just like, ah, stop fighting. You guys are all on the mm-hmm. same side here. 
But there was one scene during the fight that I particularly liked, and it's when Mando puts his, like, lasso pretty much around um, Ahsoka, and she kind of does this little smirk because she's seen the branch, and she just kind of, like, jumps and flips and everything. It's so cool. It, it was just, like, a really awesome move. But, yeah, so to find out, so then finally they, like, stop. You know, they're here, you're Ahsoka, blah, 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 blah. Um, it was just like a really good feeling to see the two of them interact. And then finally on like, you know, I guess like friendly terms, but, um, the cool thing about Rosario Dawson playing this character is she plays it with such this like warmness. That's just so nice to see. Like she just feels like a Jedi, which is something that you haven't seen obviously in this show. And it's just such a return to the star Wars that like, if you've only watched the star Wars movies, you've never watched the cartoons or anything like that or whatever. It's like such a return to that. Well, I always, and I was telling Joelle this, I give Ashley Eccleston um, a lot of props because she brought a light to Ahsoka um, that in live action we haven't really seen uh, as far as Jedi. Like, usually the Jedis we see have a lot of shit going on. Like, they got a lot of problems. Um, but we've come across this Jedi with Ahsoka, who from the first time she meets Anakin and gets the nickname Snips, she's just had this light about her. Um, and that's why when we saw the ups and downs she had to go through in life as a Jedi to see where she's at peacefully and mentally now uh, in this episode, it's like she's earned this. Like, I've never felt that way about a Jedi's journey to where I'm like, you earn peace. Maybe Obi-Wan. Um, but Ahsoka is at a place now to where it's like, man, if you remember, like, Joelle, you remember how wild she was in the beginning. Yeah. Um, that one episode where Anakin's like, Ahsoka get in this gunship like you don't see it but they're about to take you guys out and she was so stubborn like to see where she's at now it's like a full journey uh like a full not, journey. Not the character. i mean like as, as a as someone that the fans didn't embrace right away the people right. hated that character, right. like a lot <laughs> it took a while for them to warm up to her to the fact that she's now a fan favorite so full full circle yeah completely full circle and it's like Man, there was a there was a point, Joel, where I was like, "Damn, Jar Jar Binks might stop being the most hated entity in all of Star Wars." <laughs> um, but no, quickly everyone fell for Ahsoka, and then reminded themselves, like, "Oh yeah, I do hate Jar Jar Binks." <laughs> um, <laughs> so that continued, but um, no, this we and Tia to speak to your point of that specific scene where he kind of lassos her and she kind of looks and smirks. The one thing Mando doesn't know about Ahsoka is her long experience with Mandalorians. Um, this is not by a mile her first Mandalorian she's come across. I might even say this might not even be the most skilled Mandalorian she's ever come across. I would say as far as what it means to be a Mandalorian, I don't know, Joel, you can step in here, but Pre Vizsla was really, 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 really good. Um, I mean, I mean she's a lot of a uh, Mandalorian experience, especially spending as much time as she has w with them, and even with her experience with Sabine, and who knows, you know, what they ended up doing together. But um, yeah, she has tons of experience with the Mandalorians. Yeah, so she kind of looked at this like this guy has no idea. Yeah. Um, but we get into the jaw dropper of the episode, which is um, Ahsoka. Kind of well, first of all, 
Tia, the one thing um, uh, I was seeing if you were going to get to was how excited she was once Mando was like, no, wait, like, Ahsoka, like, I'm looking for you. Um, uh, Bo-Katan sent me, and she was like, well, I hope it's about this little guy, because I'm loving him. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I I was waiting, you know, um, like, where you wanted to go with it. (laughs) Yeah, no, so, so she sees Baby Yoda, is very enamored. Uh, I believe she can sense that he's one with the Force. Um, so we get the scene to where we kind of just see her just lifelessly staring at Baby Yoda as he's cooing. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mando's just impatiently walking back and forth. Um, it reminded me of like what I imagine a parent feels the first time his kid goes to like a doctor. And the doctor's like, can you do me a favor and just like stand outside so like, you know, I can kind of like you know, have room to do what I need to do. And you're kind of just like, oh my God, is my baby okay? Like, are they going to make, mm-hmm. and it's like, they're fine. Like, relax, <laughs> like calm down. And you see him finally walk over and it's like, are you even understanding anything you're saying? Mm-hmm. Um, and Dan, I- I'll go to you. Um, <laughs> it was hilarious. It's like, do you understand what he's saying? And it's like, yeah, kind of <laughs> like every here and there. Yeah. A little bit. Um, but Dan, I'll go to you first. Um, what were your thoughts as Ahsoka's walking us through this entire history of who we now know is Grogu? Uh, people will still call him Baby Yoda because that's the best way to market him is Baby Yoda. It's really hard when you're like, honey, I bought you this Grogu. This what? Uh, so I believe Baby Yoda will probably still kind of be here. Um, but how kind of like enlightening was it to learn all this backstory of about Grogu? You know, you're one of those people who's going to keep Baby Yoda, by the way. I, I'm not calling him <laughs> Grogu. Uh, yeah, I, he's Baby Yoda. <laughs> I really liked it because uh, we know so little about uh, Yoda's race as it is and how he came to be like one of the top Jedi and it's interesting to hear how this, this young creature was kind of hidden away because they were afraid that he would be found and used for their own purposes. Um, and it's, it's always interesting to, to know that he's, at this age, he's still so powerful that it's, uh, she she was kind of hesitant to even want to bring him on because it could at this point it could have been 50-50 either he was going to be good or he was going to be bad uh i, I always like a, a well developed character dump yeah um, we had waited long enough to hear about this child and we had no idea what he was about and it was told perfectly because now it's it's not just some random character telling us who Baby Yoda is. It's one of it's another powerful Jedi and a well-respected Jedi is is telling us this. And it's it it, it was a very cool moment, only defeated by the name. If it was any other name, I think it's awesome. But it's I, I can't take this seriously now because his name is Groku. I just I kept wanting to call him Goku. Grogu. <laughs> Grogu, Grogu, but very close. I I, I will say, um, Dan, the biggest thing that stood out to me, and Joel, I couldn't wait to talk to you about this. We're welcoming in AJ. What's going on, AJ? 
What's up? What's up? <clears throat> All right. So the biggest thing I wanted to talk to you about, Joel, was you mm-hmm. played um, what was the Star Wars game with what's his name from Shameless? Cameron Monaghan. Fallen yeah. Order. Yes, yeah. Fallen Order. Now, remember that scene in Fallen Order where they were on the ship going into hyperspace and he was saying, <clears throat> um, he was talking about one of the older Jedi. And he was saying how they had pointy ears and they were green. And he was like, oh, you mean Master Yoda? And he was like, no, Yaddle. And if that game is to <laughs> insinuate that it is possible that Yaddle is alive in that, in that specific time point, Mm-hmm. I was the reason why I'm saying I couldn't wait to talk to you. And, and now AJ was there's only a handful of people that could have gotten uh, Grogu out of that temple. You have uh, what's her name? The the bookkeeper um, that we saw in like season one or season two of Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember her name. Uh, Madam Jocastanu. Jocastanu. Uh, yeah. yeah. So her she's one of the people that could have gotten uh, Gorgu out of there. You think to yourself, uh, Obi Wan, between the time where he saw Anakin had slain the um, the younglings, and then he traveled to go take on Anakin, maybe you think um, maybe I, I heard uh, this was a stretch, but I heard maybe Windu, who we don't know if he's alive or dead, maybe got uh, Grogu out of there. The biggest confusing thing is whoever got him out of there. Why the hell did they take him to the planet that they ended up taking him to? Like, Baby Yoda starting to annoy me the same way Ray did. To where it was like, why did they drop her off there? Like, there were so many other safer places to take a child. Um, but, Joel, I'll start with you. Like, I know you're not uh, the kind of person to really think that deep into things. But when they said that, like, did you have a person pop up that you thought could have maybe been the one that rescued him? No, no, you're right. I have no idea. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever saved him, thank you. Thank you for saving that child. Uh, but no, I don't. I don't know who it could have been. Anybody, I, like you said. Um, uh, the fact that they, you know, they saved a youngling. Well, many of the younglings did not get so lucky. <laughs> as long as, as long as he wasn't in that one room where, where Anakin was, I think he was okay. But, <laughs> I but, will yeah. say. I will say Tia had me dying. To <laughs> it was like I could picture Baby Yoda just like poking his head around and seeing them get slain. It was like, oh fuck that! Oh fuck <laughs> out of here! <laughs> he was using had... the toilet. Yeah, like, he was oh, like, he was like, I had to get out of here. Uh, this is crazy. <laughs> um, but no, I mean this this answered a lot of questions that a lot of people had about the the backstory of this character. And the biggest thing, and and I'll go to you, AJ that I thought this really answered was, I know for me personally, it pissed me off every time Baby Yoda was in trouble and didn't use the force to help himself. And it was like, you have the force, like just use the force. But Ahsoka then explained, he's trying to not, he's trying to not even think about the idea that he has all this power. Like he wants to dormant everything. Yes, exactly. So AJ, when you heard that, like how how enlightening was that? The idea that it's not like he can't use his powers or he's not sure. He just likes the idea of forgetting it by the day. Yeah, um, I think it makes sense for him to not use his power um, as a whole, because um, we all remember that the time 
um, it was Order 66. So every Jedi was in hiding. So whoever hid him told told Grogu not to use his powers under any circumstances or you'll get caught. And he understood that. So I I understand why he doesn't use his power that often. Um, but it also tells me when he does use his power, it's for the benefit of um, Den because right. because he cares for Den. And that's probably the only time he would use it. And around Ahsoka since she, she used her force abilities around him too so i guess it was a trust thing so yeah yeah i think his thing is he has to feel safe like yeah. i think he's seen a lot like a lot mm-hmm. way more than a normal person could ever see in their lifetime um and another thing ahsoka said that i really that really clicked in my head was he had many masters i like that so that way you're not like you're not creating a master that people are going to look like oh we're we ever going to you just said he had many masters. So you can assume who that may be. That could have been Anakin at some point. That could have been Obi at some point. Yoda, Windu, Plo Koon. Doesn't matter. He just had many masters. So we know that he's very strong. Um, and it's I- also... Go ahead, Tim. I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt. But it's also, like, really sad, too, to think about how this, like, creature had such a traumatizing upbringing and that he's so scared from all everything that he's seen that even today still represses his powers it's to me i was like this is so sad like you look at baby yoda and you look at him and you're like oh my god he's so cute he you know so adorable and now you're like oh my god you poor traumatized baby yeah and and it's I think what kind of made you well. Here's what here's what broke me, right? Like, obviously, I don't have any kids, but here's what broke me. Did anybody else get a little emotional, like the first time Mando said his name and like Baby Yoda just looked? Yes. Like, no, you saying my name, like, oh, okay. Yeah, I actually do have a name. <laughs> like, yeah, stop calling me kid. My name's Grogu. I don't know how many times I've probably cooed this. <laughs> Like, yes, finally, you're calling. Like, he looked at him like, God damn, finally. I've only known you for like eight months now. Like, geez, thank you. Um, but no, I mean, and, and I, I really like the, the, the bond that he started to gain with Ahsoka. Um, it was, it's probably been a lifetime since he's seen another Jedi, um, let alone one that was willing to use the force in front of him. Um, one that was willing to to kind of like have a conversation with him. Um, and it was just it was just really comforting to kind of see him have that. Now, what I will say is AJ, <laughs> you have definitely mentioned numerous times how bratty uh Grogu can be. And there was nothing more bratty than Ahsoka giving him the rock and then going, send it back. And he was like, No, <laughs> no, no, uh, this isn't fetch. I don't I don't do that shit. No, you, you can take this rock. Um, but I really love like uh like you guys like Joel, you were saying before the trust that um Grogu has in Mando to where it's like when he saw the little the little shiny thing that he likes, it was like all right, you got me. Okay, I'll, I'll send it back. Um, I'll do it for that knob. <laughs> I'll do it for that knob. I don't I don't play fetch with rocks. Now that knob, on the other hand. Um, but I love that. Like that was that was really funny to where um how excited Mando was when he sent it back, where it was like, Yeah, good job, kid. And it was like Grogu, God Grogu. <laughs> like, Grogu. 
Um, but no, I really love that. But um, uh, AJ, I'll go to you. There were so many things Ahsoka said that was just like, okay, she's spitting facts here. Uh, where it was like, no, this is a really good kid and he's awesome and very strong, but I'm not draining him. And it was like, wait, what? I've been looking for you and almost died numerous times trying to find you. Trainer. <laughs> nope. <laughs> He has everything in him that makes us Jedi say, nope, don't want any parts of that. Me and Tia were saying, AJ, at the, uh, at the top of the show, what Ahsoka said is a callback, not a specific callback, but is very reminiscent of the very exact words Yoda said to Qui-Gon. Mm-hmm. Hey, I sense all the fear and anger in that one. We mm-hmm. probably shouldn't bring him into this. And Qui-Gon yeah. was like, trust me. He will bring balance. And Yoda's like, I see death. <laughs> 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 but again, it, it goes to the point me and you, AJ, have said numerous times, if Qui-Gon was alive, Anakin would not have gone down that path. So technically, Qui-Gon was saying, like, let me train him. He'll be dope. Um, and then when he died, it was just like, shit, well, I had to leave him to Obi, you know. Um, <laughs> rather quickly after finding out too rather quickly um but aj speak to that speak to ahsoka kind of saying i've seen this before and i've seen how bad it can get um i can't train someone like that like if i couldn't stop anakin from becoming what he did i definitely can't <laughs> i can't do it with um with this kid yeah um ahsoka still traumatized so um with that fear that she has of training another person that can potentially become part of the dark side. I understand that, but also it makes sense that she wouldn't want to train Grogu Grogu too, because they don't have that same connection that Den and Grogu have. And I think she understands that along with the fear that she has, um, um, gaining another connection with someone that potentially can go over towards the dark side. And uh, uh, there was another point I wanted to make. Uh, well, it, it just, go on. No, I was just going to say, well, the most important thing that she said that is the biggest connection to Anakin is um, she said, specifically, I can't train him because of his connection to you how connected he is to you. The last time we saw someone that infatuated with a person, he was willing to murder children to Mm. fulfill it. So it's like, if I train him and your life is in in the balance and this kid has to make a decision between saving you and and going down a dark path, he'll, you know, you know what I'm saying? He'll, he'll save you um, by any means. And it's like, I can't afford to have another one of those. So it's like looking at Grogu's connection to Mando is very much of a mirror of Anakin's uh, obsession with Padme um, to where it was just like, whatever you need me to do, I'll do it so she doesn't die. Um, and we've seen flashes of that. We saw the first time Mando met, um, what's her name? The old, uh, the retired um, shock trooper. And it looked like Mando was in trouble. What did, what did Baby Yoda do? Started force choking her to death. So, like, we know that his automatic response to seeing Mando in danger is to do whatever he can to help him. 
Uh, in some instances, in others, he's watched Mando almost die. Um, but... <laughs> if he's the cause, he's not. He's not worried about it. Right, like he's like, oh, did I cause this huge spider to kill you? I'm not cleaning that up. Um, but yeah, so it's like when she made that point, it just reminded me of seeing Anakin just always choose emotion over rationality, and it was just like. That's what Yoda kept trying to tell Qui-Gon. Like, he's not there. And the biggest difference between Anakin and Obi is, remember, guys, we witness, um, what's her name? Um, God, I can't believe I forgot her name. Duchess Satine died in Obi-Wan's hands. And he mm-hmm. still didn't let that anger take him over in his battle versus Maul. He very easily could have snapped. Well, I, I will. I would argue that um, Obi Wan was trained since birth to control his emotions, unlike Anakin, who already had those feelings yeah. towards his mother. So, um, if they got into and even if Qui Gon died, and if they got into Anakin like way before he was actually mentally um, prepared or not emotionally. Um, it would have gone way different. He would have been able to control his feelings towards Padme and all of that. Well, so it's a mindset thing. I don't necessarily disagree, but we do know Anakin was always like, remember, Anakin was a loose screw before he found out that his mother was dead. Um, so yeah, she- because of those fears that he had once he left. No, 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 no. no. I, I completely agree with you. I'm just saying, and, and like you said, if, if he grew up in the Jedi Temple, it probably would have been way different. I, yeah. I won't argue that. Um, but Anakin is probably the most mentally unstable Jedi we've ever seen, like ever. Uh, He's emotional, yes. He hates sand, of course. We heard it. And what I always found funny about Anakin was it was like the number one rule of being a Jedi, like, hey, don't lead by emotion. Anakin was like, wait, lead by emotion? No, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> it was like 100%. He was like, I missed that class. Sorry, I, I, I was absent that day. Um, but anyway, so we see Ahsoka uh, turn down training, training Grogu. Um, and we uh, we get to uh, the point to where, you know, Ahsoka's saying, look, you help me, you know, get the information that I need, and I will in turn help you find out the information, uh, where you need to go to find out what you need. Um, and I'm going to say this. We obviously see them enact a really, really, really good plan. T, I'm going to go to you first. I'm going to skip all, well, not all the way, because we're kind of there. But I will tell you this. The part that blew me away by this episode was how much Ahsoka versus the Magistrate mirrored the last 15, or that final fight scene of Kill Bill. Like, I'm not saying that's what they were queuing up, but it looked, it looked and felt just like that. And I had just recently watched Kill Bill, so I'm looking at it, and I'm just like, take what you think the best samurai battles are, and that's that. Uh, it just was very reminiscent on why we need a samurai-styled uh, Jedi movie. Like, it'd just be so dope. But anyway, Tia, we see Ahsoka and uh, Mando team up. Tia, how, how hyped were you when um, I think it was either Mando or Ahsoka when they were like a Mandalorian and a Jedi teaming up, they'll never see it coming. Like I was just like, oh, I'm getting chills. Like this is about to be so dope. 
Yeah, no, it was really freaking great. Like that um scene of the battle between Ahsoka and the Magistrate was really cool because I liked how they you know, they struck each other, say, once or twice, and then they both kind of stepped back to feel each other out. It was very, um, it was just, like, a really cool shot scene and everything. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but someone also pointed out that this is the first time we've seen, like, a girl versus a girl in the Star Wars, um, like, world. So if that's true and that's the case. In live action, yes. In the current, live- we've seen this like a bajillion times. Well, in the live action sense, this is a really cool fucking thing, you know. Um, I really liked it. Um, it was just really cool, and the fact that they teamed up with each other. I do want to point out while this was also happening, I like that we not only saw Ahsoka and the Magistrate um, go against each other, but then I liked the fight between. Um, what you call it, Mando and the Magistrates, I guess, right hand man, because mm-hmm. they have this like really uneasy sort of um, standoff against each other where the other guy is making it seem as if, you know, we don't need to fight. It's really them who wants to fight. We're just the side people. We're just, you know, doing their bidding. Um, let's just wait, right? He's like, and he goes to kind of put his gun down. And I knew, I was like, this guy isn't, he's full of shit pretty much. And so as soon as he went for his gun and, you know, freaking, um, whatchamacallit, like Mando like shot him. I was like, this is great. This is like the best mm-hmm. freaking. <laughs> it had that cowboy that West yeah West very cool cowboy yes, i think it was cool to have that different feel with mando and um the other guy the right hand man guy had that western feel and then ahsoka versus the master master goodness and whatever the- yeah um <laughs> had that samurai type feel i, re- yeah. I really like that yeah i do too and um it was a great mirror to each other. It, it, it 100% was. Um, so obviously we see ah- Ahsoka take down the Magistrate. Um, and now, this season is very good at name drops. Like, if you don't know the yeah. names, it's like, okay, whatever. But if you know the names, it's like, yeah. The first one of this season obviously was from a character that we knew to expect. But to hear it was, was great. It was when Bo-Katan name dropped Ahsoka. And it was like, okay, Ahsoka's coming. This episode, I did not see coming, but I did say did. I thought the guy behind the string, uh, behind the scenes pulling the strings was Thrawn. I, I just, I felt it in my core. Um, so when we hear Ahsoka say, where is your master? Where is Thrawn? I was just like, oh, yes. Um, now, um, immediately, my mind went left. I was just like, if you're looking for Thrawn, that must mean she's assuming he knows where Ezra is. Um, I see a lot of people assuming Ezra's dead. I don't know how you got there, but weird. Anyway. Uh, we can talk about that in a little bit. Keep going. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, uh, and then, obviously, we get the, the new report from Dave uh, Filoni kind of hinting at the idea that maybe this is before the end of Rebels. Um, right, is a little confusing because I don't remember the end of Rebels all that well, but I didn't know it jumps. Okay, so I didn't... At the, yeah. So at the end of Rebels, it's like a mini time skip where yeah. um Sabine and 
um ahsoka, ahsoka. so there yeah. is a time a time gap between no 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 I, i'm saying i don't remember what ahsoka was looking for thrawn for before yeah, we, we we don't know yet okay yeah. that's what i was saying that's that's what threw me off by him saying that i'm like i get her beef after but what was her beef before the end of rebels um okay so no problem mm -hmm. no problem we'll obviously find that out uh later on or if she gets her own series whatever but anyway um Joel, I'll go to you first before AJ goes uh goes down the Ezra uh <laughs> hole. Um how kind of like blown back were you to hear that that name drop? It was cool. It was really cool. I, I didn't expect it. At least I didn't expect it like so blatantly in like the same episode that we got Ahsoka in live action. I was like, that's enough. I didn't expect more in the same episode. <laughs> cool. I'm like, oh shit, they named John the Grand Admiral Thrawn. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Like uh, last time we saw him, he got sucked into this wormhole and shit. So that's that's fun to know that he's out there still. Um, so many years later. So yeah, and of course the first thing that comes in your mind is like, well, if he's alive, then you have to imagine Ezra might be alive too. So you're like, well, I'm very, very curious as to how where it goes now and like what what has he been doing you know this whole time you know and i'm like guests in the outer rim or whatever wherever the fuck they're at so i'm, I'm excited that's, that's all it did it just really excited did the report today or the the hinting because it wasn't confirmed it was just i right. think I mean, he was just throwing it out there right. i think it was to throw us off but I, I th yeah I, I do think feloni was just playing around with us a little bit but let's let's say it is true because he said it Right, so let's say it is true. Did that throw you off at all, Joel? Uh, not really. It didn't, it didn't change anything for me. Okay, okay. Um, it just confused me a little bit because I'm like, damn, did I have to rewatch Rebels? Did I miss something? I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't a <laughs> long part. It was just, and it was an obvious time skip. We just don't know how long. But that, if it, if it, if he's right, then it's, uh, it's quite a bit. <laughs> and yeah. kind of like, why was why did he? Why was it such a long time skip then? But whatever. Uh, that also. <laughs> that also tells me that the timeline of Rebels is a little bit off too as well though. Since My Rebels is five years before, it starts five years before A New Hope. Right. Now, and then... Go ahead. Go on. No, yeah. I was going to say, I wanted to give uh, a shout out to Tia for that because Tia was speaking to that and I was saying, I think it's just maybe, maybe it's a Disney thing because Marvel and Star Wars have this huge problem with putting timestamps on things and then messing up those said timestamps. And it's like, you can just remove, you know, the idea of mentioning a timestamp. So it gives you a blank canvas to work with. Like stop giving us, Oh, it happened in this period. And then you go back and you're like, eh, maybe it happened. But everything right now makes consistently. It makes sense. Yeah. It's, it's not just far in the future. It's no, just not that far. No, not that far. It's just that this specific time area with Rebels and Mandalorian is a little bit off because we don't have the full context of it right. in either novels or comics or anything. So, um, of course, they will try to tie it in with everything else, um, whether it's the TV series or the movies in the future or comic books or novels that's going to be in the future, too. So now, I think I think they do good with the timestamps and stuff. Now, before you go into Ezra, I wanted to ask you guys, um, did you guys notice the owl? Uh, I think it was either at the beginning of the episode or when Mando was looking for Ahsoka. Did you guys notice that owl? 
did not. On the tree? No? Okay. It's the same Al from, you guys remember the episode of uh, The Mortis? Um, where Anakin, Obi, and Ahsoka met the ultimate force wielders, the dad, his daughter, and the son. Oh, yes. I do remember that. Remember that the daughter seemingly turned into that owl, and that owl had a connection with Ahsoka throughout Clone Wars into Rebels. Yeah, that's because the the, um, sister imbued her power with them. Right. So, so uh, I, I noticed that same, it was the same owl. That, that's the only reason I'm bringing mm-hmm. it up. Um, I'm like, oh, that was pretty dope that they found a way to put that owl in this. It, you know, it doesn't really have that huge of a significance outside of like, that's obviously like her watcher. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just really cool to see. So I was just curious if you guys caught it. No, I did not. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's really, Dave Filoni really went deep. <laughs> into this Ahsoka. No surprise. Lore. Yeah. Not a surprise at all. Um, but AJ, so what were your what were your theories on 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 Ezra? Or what did you have to say about Ezra? Okay, so I I think there's two obvious um things about it. Um there's only two ways I can think of it. With Thrawn, we we all know that he thinks strategic strategically um mm-hmm. overall. And he would actually while they were trapped in the whale thing, I, I don't know how to describe it, but you know that Theron said, hey, I'm going to need your help to escape or do whatever. And my mind is split is, did Theron kill Ezra after that or after that specific point when they escaped or did he just leave him be and he left on his own? Um, but... The other reason I think that he did kill Ezra is because Ahsoka is trying to look for him or trying to look for Thrawn for revenge, maybe. Um, Mm -hmm. And we still have no idea where Sabine is since it's going to be after, I guess, right? After Rebels in that timeline. Well, he is very strategic, but the one (laughs) thing he can't control is the uncontrollable. So yeah. we have no idea how that time, not time, uh, how that space jump worked. Like they very well could have ended up in two different spots. Right. Um, he was very much constricted. So I find it very hard to believe that um, if he had gotten right. free, he would have been uh, in the mindset enough to be able to kill Ezra. And I don't think Ezra would have been weak enough um to have le- like my mind didn't go there i was really curious on why people assumed he was dead um i'm like a he's a force wielder so i'm like and, and really strong the way that rebels set him up so I'm like, would you say <laughs> so? he could talk to animals and shit right like he's like the the aquaman of, of, of Jedi. <laughs> Jedi, so I'm, yeah. like, I'm like it's not that easy to kill ezra and um i wholeheartedly believe he's still alive um, I don't think Dave Filoni left that open mm-hmm. just so we could get to that point of the story. And it's like, oh, he died. Oh, well, he died. What? Off screen. Yeah, off level, screen. Yeah. And, <laughs> and to me, I don't think you put that much focus on a character like that, that you're building, that we haven't really seen hit their their peak. Uh, you're just like, yeah, I killed him. He didn't really matter all that much. We only made a show with two or three seasons about him, but, you know, it didn't really matter. Yeah. So I'm like, I, I don't know. My mind didn't go there. I'm not saying that Thanks. he's not. But my mind didn't go there. If anything, AJ, I could maybe, you know what? No, let me poke a hole in in in, in that theory, AJ. If and this is a huge if because we do not know. And T, I want I want your opinion. 
if Thrawn is behind, um, what's the what's the main bad guy of the Mandalorian? Why am I? Uh, Gideon. Moff Gideon. Uh, Moff Gideon. If he's behind Moff Gideon, they only want Baby Yoda for seemingly his blood. So it's like if you had Ezra dead or alive, you could have used Ezra. Why would you need Baby Yoda? I think Baby Yoda is the only one they know of in that point that is a force user that they can take all the energy from or blood or whatever they're looking to do. Yeah. Um, so if Ezra, if he had Ezra dead or alive, they would just use him. Um, so what, what, what? But there's nothing that tells you that they haven't used him or. Uh, it's, it's I I understand what you're saying, but like like I said before before, there's too much too big of a gap to um like have one focus on one main thing, and it can be a whole different thing. Like he can be alive, um, not disagree with that, but um, he can be dead as well. And within that within that time period, um, Thrawn and Gideon and everybody else haven't met up yet. So we don't know if they had that plan, plan since he left. That- I'm just saying, AJ, look at how well Felonius treated characters he's created um, with so much care and contrib. I doubt that he's just like, no, he died. He's dead. I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just trying to keep, keep the mind open for everyone. Like, yeah. it, can, it can go anywhere. I mean, look, only reason why I'm not like, AJ, no, that's impossible. Is because <laughs> shockingly, a lot of people thought the same thing. And I'm just like, wait, did I miss something? Like, what? Why? where is everyone coming up with this? Um, so to hear you say that isn't shocking to me because I saw it everywhere. And I was just like, either you guys hate Ezra or <laughs> I missed something completely. But no, um, I, the biggest question I had was, if we're talking Thrawn, uh, and this is again before Filoni came out with these comments, my only question was, where the hell is Sabine? Like, yeah, that's she another might question. be she might be hunting Thrawn too, just separate from Ahsoka. Because that's how we left them off, right? That's what I mean, I'm if, saying. That's if how it is happen. connected to that ending, they both left looking for Ezra. No, that's, yeah. that's how they both left. Yeah, that, that's how they that's both, how they left, both yeah. left. Like the like a lot of this story was set up perfectly, like Bo Katan looking for the Darksaber. Obviously, Moff Gideon got it from her. So she's looking to get it back. Boom. You know, that that makes perfect sense. But the Wait, only thing Moff that Gideon took it from who? Uh, well, no, I'm not saying well, we don't definitively. Know. I'm assuming okay. both con <laughs> because she was the last person with it before the Well, well and well, in Sabine that episode... No, no, Sabine, Sabine gave had it, gave it to Bo. Yeah. Bo but, okay. but in that episode, Bo was asking the guy does does um he have the dark saber as in she didn't know that he had took it, it. so right. she might have gave it to someone else <laughs> within that time gap so yeah yeah we don't know how Mom got it <laughs> yeah no that's very true because bo katan is very much like i love she, she wasn't gonna let no one win that one no not at all not at all um, but yeah, so the biggest question is like a lot of people are like, where's Ezra? I'm like, no, yes, valid, but where's Sabine? <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, I love Sabine. That's who I'm waiting to see is Sabine. Um, so that's the biggest question. I mean, we got rumors heading into this, this season, Sabine and Ahsoka maybe have their own spinoff coming. And it's like, if they do, it's like, questions need to be answered. 
Like, where the hell is she? Well, we heard that would probably be the anime, uh, the next animated series would be a spinoff with those two. Right. So I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. So you're going to have an animated and a live action? So (laughs) somewhere Disney's like, can we make that work? (laughs) Two two different times. Mandalorian, it's starting to look like they're using the Mandalorian as like an output for other Star Wars shows and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. So we can get hints of other shows within um the Mandalorian, but it can all it can be mixed in with the animated connected with the animated or sticking with the um live action series. I kinda now that I've seen how great she looks in live action, it's kinda like can you just do a live action? I don't need them for a cartoon. Like I, I still want, I still want them animated. I like them better animated. So I'm both out. You know, yeah. You like them better animated. Yeah, I, I like it better animated. Oh, fair enough. Um, all right. So immediately, my mind instantly went to over under. Uh, Joel, I'll start with you. Over under, we actually get to see Thrawn this season. Oh fuck! Let's get to actually see him. Wait, over yeah, under we what? Get to see him. If we see Thrawn or not this season, what's the over under? Is it under fifty percent, forty percent? Let's uh, say over fifty. Okay. Over fifty. Yeah. Uh, I think. Yeah. Oh, damn it. I don't know. It might be. It might. It might be something they'll say they're saving for like next season. Yeah, that's what I think. I think it's gonna be under fifty percent. They'll show them. In this season, yeah. just you know, because they've given us so much, and there's probably other surprises. We, we we're not, you know, um, I I think it'll be under. Yeah, I don't I don't think we'll see him this season. Yeah. I'll be surprised if we do. The only reason why I think it could possibly possibly be over is if he's indeed the one pulling strings over Moth Gideon. We still do not know that. We do not know that no, anything no, in this episode has anything to do with Moth Gideon. True. Um, oh, okay. So I think it was last time we talked about this. I said that I didn't believe that um, Thrawn was controlling um, Gideon because because they had the same title. But I was actually wrong on that. No, Thrawn, yeah. Thrawn is over Moth Gideon because Thrawn is a Grand Moth instead of Grand. just a Moth. So yeah. I, I was wrong on that, and I actually do believe that Grand Moth is. <laughs> the overall mastermind within Gideon and just the overall um Mandalorian series. So that's what I believe. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure where Grand Admiral like is like in terms of ranking, but it has to be fucking high, I'm assuming. It's 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 as high as um it's below Darth Vader basically if you wanna keep it in he had the ear he had the ear of the Emperor. So it's like not same with Tarkin. Just the same okay. with Tarkin, yeah. Right. Well, and- we know Tarkin had a long-lasting relationship with Anakin, so it just carried over. But um, Thrawn, but off. Right, but Thrawn had the ear of the Emperor, and not many people could do that. Tarkin did too. It's you said that Tarkin had the ear of Anakin, so did Thrawn. If you if in the novels they actually had like a huge history with each other, um, with um Thrawn and Anakin, so I think it's oh God. Tarkin and Thrawn are in a, on the same level with um, military, um, military. Uh, what is it called? Uh, hierarchy. Yeah, yeah, hierarchy. Thank you. And then it's and then it's um, Gideon who is below them. And then you have so it's Grand Moff Moff, and then like Admiral. 
and it goes down and down and down like that, basically. Okay. Yeah. Well, if if he's not if he's not uh, what's his name's boss, then I, I say completely under. Um, but if he is, I could see us getting like. Remember how last season everyone, especially in this, not this group, but in this, like in GVN, was telling me like, oh, we won't see the dark saber anytime soon, and we got it <laughs> in one. I don't know why. <laughs> I, I remember Joel, I was whole hum about we're getting it and, and they'll give it to it. And no, 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 we're not gonna get it anytime early. And it's like, well, okay, maybe not. Uh, like Mandalorian weapon. I figured that was something I'll get. He'll, I, I don't, I didn't think like Mando would get it right away, but I think I right. figured we'd eventually we'd see it or at least hear about it. It's like, right. come on now. Um, but uh, if, if if he's not in charge of everything that's going on, then it's under. Uh, but if he is, I think we can get a finale. T- uh, like, we see him in the very last scene. Like, it's like, all right, Moff Gideon didn't get the job done. I'll have to. And then it's like, oh, my God, it's Thrawn. We just saw Thrawn. Uh, let, let me throw this out here. Instead of Thrawn, um, there's a lot of rumors saying that we might get Luke or Ezra or... Um, Kyle. Kyle, yeah. Um, to see... Or Ben, Broker. I mean, That's not Ben, or, uh, or yeah, or uh, or or Kenobi. He's dead though, huh? He's dead. He's yo, yeah, 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 yeah. he is dead. <laughs> oh shit, I completely forgot. All right, got new hope. I, I think I think the reason why you said Obi Wan is because everybody does say that. It could be a force ghost. I think that's where right. you got it from, but yeah. that doesn't make yeah, yeah. that doesn't make sense either because no. you need someone that's long last that's alive <laughs> to right. um actually train. <laughs> so the spirit buddy is not gonna work. <laughs> well, we saw that it, it, it didn't work that well with Ray. Um, but no, I mean, uh, I want to go to you, Tia. Um, I want to know, Tia, did did you notice this because I thought it was adorable. Um, we obviously see Ahsoka telling um, Mando where he needs to go next um, to really see what the future holds for Grogu. Um, but you see Ahsoka kind of nod, and you see Grogu give her a nod back, like, all right, you good peoples. Like, you good peoples. I respect you. Um, but, I mean, like, I assume this is where he'll try to go to next. At some point, Moth Gideon's going to intercept him. Um, I'm really curious as to what's taking him so long, um, but it's going to be worth the wait. Uh, T, I want to ask you, what do you think the likelihood is that we see a reuniting of all the friends Mando made this season, helping him take out this army that Moth Gideon has just waiting for Mando? Well, I certainly hope so. I mean, it would suck if we don't see Bo-Katan or Ahsoka uh, back or anything like that. I would certainly hope that we get his, uh, you know, allies back to face off against Moth Gideon because I think Moth Gideon is too and his army is too powerful for just Mando. But I did want to backstep a little because I did want to talk about Joanne. The scene that to me in the episode was the most like emotional and powerful and almost the the moment where I sat there and I was like, oh my God, is this really the end? Was the scene when um, Mando was sitting there with uh, Grogu in his arms and it was like, oh my God, is this goodbye? 
is he really like gonna give Grogu to Ahsoka and that's it? Like that's the end of it? It was just really sad for me because I really felt the way that they were framing that scene really felt as if that was the direction that they were gonna go into. Of course, I was really happy once Ahsoka pretty much said, like, how about you take him elsewhere and let him decide on his own? I mean, I'm happy that Ahsoka you know, could feel that neither of them wanted to leave, like certainly not Grogu and Mando for all of how he wants to behave very, um, you know, as if he doesn't care. It's like you knew he cared. Yeah, I will say to know Ahsoka is to know that, especially after the events of when she walked away from the council, she's all up for making new friends. I don't think she's ever up for being a master. Um, like someone's master. Like, I don't think Ahsoka's, Ahsoka wants that. Uh, I think she'd be probably one of the best masters ever because of how much she understands the Force and how she's seen the, the good of it and the bad of it. Um, but she just all, like, I remember when Ezra first met Ahsoka, it was kind of like, yeah, yeah, no, you're cool. And he's like, can you teach? Nope. <laughs> can I come? Mm-hmm. Nope. <laughs> nope. Are you going to stay with us? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so Ahsoka's always kind of been like, I beat to my own drum. I left the order for a reason. And when you watch the last season of Clone Wars, she even says like, I forgot why I hated you guys. Um, so everything about her is kind of just like, I don't want any of that. So to me, the bigger question was, how quickly is she going to train him before she's like, here, take him back? Um, I never thought like she would take him with her. Um, so I was just curious, like, oh man, is she gonna like train him and like you know within this episode or the next episode? Um, but when you watch Ahsoka throughout the cartoons, she's always kind of been very consistent on nope, when I left, that was it. I don't take on Padawans, I don't even really truly teach people <laughs> how to really be Jedi anymore because I'm not a Jedi. Um, so she's been very consistent with that, but no, there was a moment where you kind of looked at it through Mando's eyes to where it was kind of just like, man, like, I really love this kid, you know? Um, but you know, it was like, you don't have to worry about losing him. I I don't want him. Which, um, (laughs) which makes me wonder, like, Will there ever be a moment where you have, you know, Din without Grogu, you know, like, will this carry, will this bond carry on into the third season or is there at some point where Grogu then does decide to depart? I'm just saying that's going to be a really sad freaking day. (laughs) I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. What Ahsoka told uh, Mando to do with, with Grogu, I'll tell you this, it does not have an immediate answer. And here's the reason why. We know Luke doesn't answer that call. So that that's nip that right in the bud, right? We know Ahsoka already passed on, on Grogu. Now, a lot of people say, well, Cal, if they bring Cal in, then that's a lot of explaining that next game's going to have to do. Uh, well, not a lot, but there's explaining that second game is going to have to do with that. So there is a good chance no one answers Grogu's call. Wait, which one is Cal? Cal's uh, from um, Fallen from- Jedi, the, the video game. Uh, oh, okay, okay. The guy that Cameron... Mon- okay, okay. 
Um, so there's a very good chance that no one answers his call necessarily. Like someone answers it and then comes and gets him. That's very unlikely. So to me, also I, dep- would you say, Joel? That's uh, also depressing because everyone's all excited to see who's going to show up. You're telling me no one's going to show up. <laughs> that that is that is that is meant to be depressing. But I would say it's depressing if someone does show up and then Grogu leaves and then we never see Grogu again. That's not necessarily true. Like the whole show is predicated on being a fucking lone wolf and cub story. So even right. if Grogu leaves, at the end of the day, another cute thing is gonna come and take its place. <laughs> nothing, nothing can take Baby Yoda's place. <laughs> it's got a name, so it's already starting to decline. I will say this though. I will say this: if they, if they, if they remain being consistent on their shock factor, Ezra will be the one that answers the call. It's the only character that doesn't have an arc that withstands past Rebels. So it's like, you could have him come in and you don't really have to explain like, oh, what did you do after? Like, that's Mm -hmm. so much blank canvas for a live action. Or maybe that Jedi joins forces with Mando and they become some type of group. I don't know. Oh, no, 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 no. Joel, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying Ezra would take uh, Grogu. I think Grogu's going to remain with Mando. Because Mando and, and Grogu are like Rocket and Groot. Like, mm-hmm. they're inseparable. Um, right. The only way to sell either or, like, is mm-hmm. with each other. <laughs> like, is Rocket cool without Groot? Yeah. Do you want Rocket without Groot? Not really. No. <laughs> not really. You know, not not really. That That's how I view these two. And I'm not saying yeah. you can't stand without the other, but it's like, <sighs> they're better together. They're yeah. a pack deal. I would yeah. definitely like to see Ezra. If, that, if, if, if it's somebody. You know, I would I would just like to see Ezra answer the call um, and and just have a conversation. Um, it, it doesn't necessarily have to go that much further than that. But uh, like you said, to have no one answer it would mean one or two things. One, all the chose- Jedi that are still alive are choosing, excuse me, not to answer it or two. No one cares. <laughs> it's like, what? No. Or, or, or Grogu <laughs> chose to not reach out. Or three, they're all dead. <laughs> well, we know they're not all dead. Like four that are still alive. At the very oh, least, there's four of them. Right. right. Uh, well, it's, it's Luke, Ezra, they're still alive. Kyle's alive. Um, depending on, on, on what comic you go by, you can count Leia. Yeah, Luke. Uh, like I guess yeah, Luke, Leia. Okay, uh, but Le- yeah, Leia's not gonna call answer because she's no, 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 too no, 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 no. I'm only speaking to who's still alive. I'm not speaking yeah. to who will answer his call. Who's oh, still alive? I- I'm just talking about who will answer the call. Oh no, who will answer the call is only Ezra, Luke, or or Cal. That's it. We don't know of right. anyone else. <laughs> so it might be a whole new character. So which I wouldn't have a problem with. Uh, to but me, that's not as exciting. No, not <laughs> having a new character is not exciting. No, not when you're not, expecting a... to see somebody like that. Yeah, yeah. If John Paul shows up, and who the fuck is John Paul? That's not as <laughs> and and that leads to a new series. That's the that's the entire goal for Star Wars. Is just keep creating new series. Wait, after new I series. might I might name this episode that because I'm just picturing like <laughs> a John Paul Jedi series that no there one cares about. Cares about John Paul. Oh Jesus, John Paul! Picture that's, that's the tagline. Picture that's the tagline. John Paul. Who the hell cares about John Paul? <laughs> that's the title of the episode. <laughs> Who cares no, about John Paul? 
I'm really looking forward to that. But AJ, no, definitely everyone's expecting it to be a familiar face. I would love the shock value of uh, a DH Mark Hamill or, um, you know, obviously a DH Mark Hamill. <laughs> yeah, for sure. um, I would love that. But um, no, I mean, look, this is setting up so much fun stuff for the Star Wars world. Me and AJ have been saying this for forever. You, uh, uh, Kathleen Kennedy, you need to lean into letting go of the George Lucas lore and allowing things to open itself up, allowing people to move past the era of George Lucas. Um, because the Mandalorian itself is working in a time frame that has uh, never really been touched. Um, mm-hmm. And it's creating new and fun ideas. And it's like, in a lot of these characters that we're seeing that we're getting excited for, guess what? Mm-hmm. Not George Lucas creations, Dave Filoni creations. So it's like, allow allow more people to create new and fun things because it works. It's right, like John Paul. John Paul. Good <laughs> Lord. You guys thought you guys thought John Wick was something. Wait till yeah. John Paul. Uh, <laughs> Jedi assassin. Jedi assassin John. Oh my God, we got to stop talking. We just made them a billion dollar empire. Um, but no, this was a great episode. I don't know what to expect from next week's episode. Literally everything that I was dying for, I got in Bo Katan and now Ahsoka. So now I'm kind of just like I'm for the ride. Um, is there anything? Is there anything specifically, Joel? You're looking to either be answered or anyone that you're looking for? No, I mean, um, like you were just saying, I I, I don't know what to look forward to. I, mean, I think I, I we peaked already in my my mind, so it's like I don't know what to look forward to anymore for next week. Um, like actually, I mentioned it to you the other day. I do want to see uh, Rex. Like I, I remember them teasing Rex. I would love to see Rex. At some point, if, uh, if he shows up, that'd be really cool. A huge hint, Joel. Uh, again, you're not a kind of person that reads into things, but the wallpaper that they release of Ahsoka, the the poster. Yeah. On the wall behind her is Rex's helmet. Is it? It's a drawing of Rex's helmet. I never noticed that. Yeah, if you zoom in, like right behind her, it's a it's a, a drawing of Rex's helmet. And the only reason why that's of significance is it's not like anything else behind her is like of anything else significant in Ahsoka's life. So I'm like, oh, maybe that was like a tease within a tease. Was um, it within a tease? T-Rex is coming. Oh, I see what you're saying. Oh, maybe. Never know. Never know. Never know. And I thought that was so funny that Joel was like, I want Rex. And then the next thing you know, it's like, here's a photo of Rex's helmet. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, maybe he's coming. Um, But no, he's a huge question mark. Um, because it's like, if you're Dave Filoni, you've given an extended life to a character that A, we never got in the originals, and B, but, a lot of people just assume probably died off. Yeah, uh, and, they, and they made canon that he was in Return of the Jedi, which is hysterical, but I love it. I take it. <laughs> so now it's like, all right, well, show us, you know, give us, give us Rex. And I, I could see that if Ahsoka kind of feels a war coming to Mando. Maybe she reaches out to Rex to help out. Maybe, maybe. Can't because she can't go herself. Um, that would be a d- picture. Mando's getting just, I mean, destroyed. <laughs> and then you just hear like, like you know, this this gunship come out of nowhere, and it's Rex. I'd probably <laughs> lose my mind. Um, yeah, no, I'd lose my mind. But uh, that'd t- be cool. That'd be cool. I go to you next to you. Um, 
what what are some of the the questions you're looking to be answered or some of the cool things you're looking to see going forward or are you like me I, i'm now just part of the ride like you've given me everything that i didn't think i would see but i've never seen so just um I feel like I'm like you. I'm just in it for the ride now at this point. But that's how I feel like I've always been when it comes to The Mandalorian because I don't know so much of the lore of the Star Wars world. So to me, I'm like, I just want more Mando. I want more Baby Yoda. Definitely want um, an epic showdown with Moff Gideon because I think I've said it a thousand times on not only the Mandalorian podcast but also when we were talking about the boys I love Giancarlo Esposito the actor who plays Moff Gideon so I'm just excited for all of that and I after seeing um, Ahsoka in this and just how like wonderful wonderfully framed she was i do hope that we see her back i do want to see bo katan come back just because i want to see awesome strong women come back right (laughs) but um i did have a question for you guys i saw on line a lot of people have been buzzing since this last episode and now are talking about thrawn and uh, fan casting him. Who would you guys like to see play this character? Well, to me, none of my selections are realistic, purely because I don't know how some of the names that I want would do this unless it was a a long-standing um, appearance. You know, like a Thrawn show or Thrawn is the overarching villain of the next season. Um, but to me, my number one pick was the guy he looked just like, and that's Michael Fassbender. Um, oh, yeah, Michael Fassbender would probably be good, because you showed me a picture just now. Yeah, I'm like, looks just like the guy, but, um, you know, that, that was my pick. AJ, I had a pick when we fancasted him with uh, Dakota, like, a, a while ago. I can't remember what my fan cast was, but, um, some like, think about how cold Michael Fassbender was in the Prometheus series. Um, to where he kind of just didn't seem human. It was more so like he was devoid of feelings and and all that. Um, I'm like, that's Thrawn. Like, you just give you just give him the the ability to be really good at fighting and like a a, a major, uh, you know, strategy guy. Like that's perfect. Michael Fassbender can do that in his sleep. Um, so that that's my pick. But again, I understand how unrealistic that casting is. Um, I was thinking, I was thinking, um, oh crap, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. I was thinking Benedict Cumberbatch. Um, I saw that like all over Twitter. That's a pretty popular one. I I think it's a good casting. To be fair, Benedict played a character that's almost identical. Yeah, Khan. It's like paint his face blue and he's been thrown before. Um, so yeah, so that that's spot on, and you know the Disney ties with with that he might be you know willing to do that depending on how busy he is as Doctor Strange going forward. Right. Um, but Joel, you know, I know you're not you don't get too deep into fan castings, especially with the idea of characters that aren't even really like coming anytime soon. But right. um, what would you think for Thrawn? Honestly, uh, I, I would just. Uh, the the voice actor can probably do it. Lars Mikkelsen, he, he's an actor. He can oh, do it. Yeah. It looks a lot like him anyway. So and he does the voice for. <laughs> and his voice is haunting. 
Tia, when you watch Rebels and you hear him, it is haunting. And that's um, my, and his brother's already in the universe. Why not him? What's um? Who's this? You said Mads Mickelson. Mads Mickelson's uh brother. Brother. Oh yeah, this guy. Oh wow, this guy played like a real like son of a bitch in an episode of Sherlock. Okay. Yeah, Sherlock, great. That's good. Um, <laughs> yeah, who who would you pick? I, I don't think you said yours. Who would you pick? Well, because I don't know the character, I can't like say based on personality who I would cast, but just looking at the picture and the fact that I really like Michael Fassbender and I really like Benedict Cumberbatch. And I think you guys just said, um, like Juwan, you pointed out with um, Michael Fassbender playing David Eight and Benedict Cumberbatch playing Khan. Both of them have had experience playing characters similar. And they both have very, like, unique faces, obviously, especially with, say, like, Benedict Cumberbatch. Just paint them blue and you'd be great. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it's almost those two castings. And Joel's is the, is the best logically. But uh, which, Benedict and, um, God, uh, Fazbender are the more popular choices purely because literally they've played very similar to this character. So it's not that hard to believe. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I really just hope we get Thrawn soon. Whether Thrawn gets his own cartoon, whether he gets his own live action, it's just too good of a character for Rebels to be the only time that we see him. Um, you you got to just, you got to do more with that character. Uh, Tia, also, since you love um, badass female characters, I need you to look up Ar- Arlani. Um, she's basically um, more, I wouldn't say smarter than Thrawn. Well, actually, she is smarter than Thrawn um, politically and not um, tactician-wise, but politically. And hey, No one's smarter tactician-wise. Uh, some people can argue Tarkin, but that's another, that's oh, another discussion. Yeah, we got to save that. That's, that's I would love <laughs> a, Tarkin, a Tarkin versus Thrawn battle. Yeah, but go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, so if you if you want to read something, read um Star Wars Thrawn Ascendancy. She is so good in that. And what's the character's name again? Aralani. It's A R A L A N I. Okay. Cool. Um, I'll check it out. Yeah, I, I will say the only only advantage oh, I can give Tarkin AJ is that everyone was like, man, how is it that Palpatine was uh, Darth Sidious and no one knew? I always go, how is it that Tarkin has been on the dark side? Not really, but really the entire time. And everyone, like the, the main episode uh, I, I think about AJ is remember the uh, the escape of the uh, the Citadel where um, they had to rescue Tarkin and that short little midget Jedi? Yes. Okay. In that episode, remember how Tarkin was like, yeah, like he was saying a lot of things that Anakin was like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, oh my god, he's poisoning you already. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, Tarkin's like, you can't get any better strategically or mentally than that. But Thrawn, see, see I think with Thrawn, oh, with Tarkin, he's more, he's more, um, um, widespread. Like, like he can do multiple things more than Thrawn does. Right. Thrawn is just focused on like battle tactics while yeah, I think Tarkin more, is. I think he's more wartime. 
He's more wartime. Like when you're when you're in a war, there's no one you want more than Thrawn. Um, he can get the job done. Tarkin is more so like, hey, do you need me to poison like the mind of that local politician over there? I can do mm-hmm. that for sure. Like, I have mm-hmm. my side no time. Like that's the kind of stuff that Tarkin's like. I will accept. Well, war and politics do go politics. hand in hand. Oh, for sure. <laughs> so you you need both. You need I was both. Say, you don't get to one without the other. Yeah. Um, but no, this was a great episode of The Mandalorian. We're in Monday. I'm now like I've now lost my rush for a new episode. Like I'm okay watching The Jedi over and over and over and over again. Um, last thing, uh, I was telling Tia this, but I was waiting for you two to get on to correct me if I'm wrong. Is the term the Jedi usually used for female and Jedi is used for male? I only ask that because the last Jedi was obviously talking about Rey. Um, and a lot of people were saying around then that we don't get a lot of female Jedi, but when we do, they literally say the Jedi. It's not just like, oh, that's the, you know, that's that's a Jedi or something. Like, well, isn't Return of the Jedi based off of Luke? Yes. It's, it's still the Jedi. Or the Jedi. Yes. Yeah. I've never, I've never looked at it that way. Okay. I think, I think the Jedi is just referencing one Jedi. As when you say you. Jedi, it's specifically. More plural, yeah. Okay, I got you. I got you. Okay. Jedi is plural normally. Yes. Just so. like it's the Mandalorian. Like right. obviously, there's a ton of other Mandalorians, but we're focusing on this Mandalorian. So he's the Mandalorian. But he isn't the Mandalorian. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> no, he, he's not even. He's not even on. On he's not even born Mandalorian, so he's not the Mandalorian. If you were talking the Mandalorian, that'd be both. All right, all right, we're getting into semantics. In reference to the the actual show, <laughs> I was about to say it was like gang banging right there. Like, yo, Mando, what what what's you know what set you rep? Like, where are you from? Like, you're not even I'm from here. Mando definitely um, left the cult set. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah no, that that's for sure. Um, but no, definitely, uh, Tia, I would definitely, I would definitely suggest um, mm-hmm. going forward. Um, definitely check out specifically those episodes of Clone Wars that have to do with Mandalorians. Um, you'll love Pre Vizsla. Um, he was my favorite Mandalorian. Obviously, you know, Bo Katan is just my favorite, you know, being ever. But. Uh, I really like Pre Vizsla, and I didn't disagree with any of his views. I can't. Pre Vizsla was Killmonger before Killmonger. Um, I, I loved everything he was saying, um, but he was definitely one of my favorite characters from the, the Clone Wars. Um, I, I need them to dive into Tar Vizsla. That's what I want. AJ, the world's not ready for that, bro. That that's what world's I want. Not ready for that, bro. World is not ready for that. Uh, one step at a time, man. They can barely, they can barely survive seeing uh, Mando. Let, let us get through that before we get into the uh, the depths of uh, of the Mandalorian. But we did get into the depth of the Mandalorian, the Clone Wars series. So just no, but it was so one sided. It was so one sided. Previsla is not even the the biggest name of the Mandalorians. We'll go with then. <laughs> um. <laughs> Um, but all right, so we're all looking forward to this next episode. I like that we never know what the hell's going on with these episodes. Um, so you guys, I'm glad you guys listened to this episode. We gave you a lot of knowledge here, uh, listeners out there. We, we, we went real deep, real deep. 
Uh, I talked about a damn owl that probably no one knows. So <laughs> we went deep here. Um, make sure. Actually, you- Joanna, I want to say really quick before we closed out, I was looking at Tumblr and someone did do a gift set of Ahsoka with the owl in Rebels uh, in comparison to the owl in the Mandalorian episode. So someone else did make that uh, correlation there. I'm glad because like <laughs> sometimes when I be asking you guys and you guys are, no, I didn't say I'm like, did I make this up? Like did, did it not exist? And I just saw it in my head. That happens a lot. So I'm like 90% you know of the time it is in your head. It is usually in my <laughs> head. So when I'm right, I hang on to that. Um, but no, uh, we, we pointed out a lot of gems. Please make sure you guys um, check that out. But in the meantime, please check out Tia's review of flight attendant. Kaylee Cuoco uh, did an amazing job. Her character is almost nauseatingly annoying, but the show is so good. Um, <laughs> make sure you guys check that out. Also, uh, huge shouts out to Dan from They Call This a Movie uh, and the main Damie. Make sure you guys check out all new episodes of that. Um, guys, I love this. I-, I love when we wrap up The Mandalorian. We're a few days late. Sorry, I was out of town. Tia wanted to do this earlier, but I suck. I was out of town. Sorry. No, it was perfectly fine. <laughs> <laughs> but we got it done, and I'm glad we got to have all you guys on here. Um, so make sure you guys stay tuned for our next episode that I promise you will be a lot sooner than the following week after the episode. Um, but till then, guys, peace. See ya. Peace.